0: How's it? How's it? How's it? You guys are here with Hello. me Nick. <laughs> and clearly Ronnie is here with me too. It's just the two of us this week so I'm going to have to deal with Ronnie all on my own. We don't have a guest for you guys this week but we sure hope you enjoyed last week's episode. It was a really Ronnie, long one. It was It was a bit longer than we generally go but I think some good information in there on, on the doping landscape in the country. I can, I can start doping and maybe take you on. <laughs> yeah you'd need it hey Ronnie. But you're on holiday down in the Kruger at the moment. Much warmer there than in Victoria, so. hey? A little bit warmer here, just a little bit, um, but uh, not really holiday, that's for sure. Managed to spot any of the Big Five yet? The not big Five about games. Your biceps. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely nothing yet at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's, yesterday was a little bit about some watching some rugby and watching two sides documentaries. So I haven't really spent time outside looking at animals. Yeah, who needs the outside when we've got the TV inside with the rugby on, hey? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, a bit of Curry Cup action from this weekend. You know, the URC took a break, a pause for the cause, while the European Championship was on. Uh, so, oh, it's gonna... got stuck into the Curry Cup. Well, we're going to talk about uh, the, some, some of the giant slayers that I often mention. Uh, <laughs> pulling out some <laughs> the... big guns this weekend. I can see you're excited because for the first time in 17 episodes, you've been proven right by uh, the (laughs) Griquas. Well, yeah, look. uh, So we'll start off with the Bulls and Pumas. Well done, Pumas, I suppose. Yeah, I think everyone was expecting the Pumas to win at about 70 minutes. The Bulls pulling off a miraculous comeback in that fixture to steal it, hey? A miraculous comeback. Yeah, couldn't have said it better. No, absolutely. Uh, Bulls just take it at the end there. Uh, but I, I don't think the, you know, the Pumas can can be too despondent about their performance. You know, bounce the ball, could have gone the other way and then they could have come, come away with a win. And I could have said, yeah, Giants-Layers, like I always say, but uh, <laughs> we'll reserve that title for the Future, Yeah, I think Jimmy Stonehouse has really coached that team quite well. They, they have had a decent Curry Cup. It was an important game for them though to have dropped it, but yeah, Bulls ultimately winning 31-26, definitely a surprise win. But also, Bills needed that in the hunt for top spot of the Curry Cup. They were battling that out with the Cheaters. I'll be so honest with you, know you I went... actually forgot, I forgot that we were actually playing Curry Cup with the URC action going on, but we'll circle out so to that. Look, good game from the Bills, uh, but I think for me, the one I really want to talk to or talk about is the Greek was versus the Cheaters because the Cheaters weren't beaten. Yeah, well, Cheaters, like you say, they were going for their 10th straight win in a row. And then I'll let you have the floor, Ronnie, since it is your your boys. Well, just, you know, I just want to say to everyone, like I say every bloody week, uh, the group are giant slayers. And you know what? And they've just proved me right this week uh, by slaying the giant cheaters. So, <laughs> that smoke says it all, eh, Ronnie. Guys, if you follow Ronnie's picks for your super brew, well, then you got your first pick right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's actually quite shocking that you keep saying that. And I, and, you know there's the listeners just have to kind of uh, accept that f- for the truth but it's not the truth i'm whipping you in every single bloody superbrit tournament the ones who are playing under the rugby punter and the ones we play as a, as a bunch of friends yeah in pretoria i just beat you certain. in every single game i play i'm fairly certain i'm beating you in the curry cup but that's the that's, story me to, for like another I'm, day I'm, I'm, it's not a story for another day. Like we might as well talk about it right now. Like you keep bringing this up about me not getting anything right, but I'm whipping you in every super brew. I've yet to see any proof of this, Ronnie. All right. So uh, one day when I get the password to your social media um, uh, accounts, I will post. So the listeners absolutely know the truth. (laughs) Ronnie takes over the Instagram for a day. Hey. Yeah. Greg was winning that and convincingly. So uh, that's a 46 points to 18. Very surprising. You know, I saw Grip was leading quite well at the halftime. I thought, well, the last three games, cheaters have sort of come back in the last 20. France, Dane, Ron, Pina are pulling them out of trouble always. Surprising loss for the team. That was nine games on Maybe the, it's the Maybe, it's, Maybe the it's the old age. Maybe it's the old age. Yeah, so they, they definitely struggled there. They didn't get the result that they were after. Still second on the log, and they've got a game in hand. So that's definitely to their benefit. Who's second on the log? the cheaters the cheaters yeah and they've got a game in hand on the blue bulls all right well okay so they're still very dominant and in a very good position this season that's just one blip on their on their on their on their sheet right yeah and i'm sure they'll bounce back well you know sometimes a team just needs a bit of a wake-up call and rather now than in the playoffs you know this might be exactly what the cheaters need to up the intensity and and take the competition through the business end just to prove that they aren't unbeatable that they are still human France Steyn's okay, not then still a... human. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, France is still not human. But then, you know, after that, we had the Lions versus uh, Viapia. I think also a surprising result for me, hey? No, no. I knew the Lions were going to take it. Did you know that? Okay, because they put a lot of URC players into the Curry Cup or what? No, just because I don't like Vepia. Ronald, we're going to have to one day do an entire episode on what your issue is with the Viapia. But yeah, for me, it was a surprise. I thought Province were going to take that game. Lions comprehensively beating them 33-10. Do you think that's because of the UFC players? I think it or definitely think... contributed to it. I mean, putting, putting some experienced players in there helped the Lions who have been struggling terribly throughout the season. Starfly, Half Hendricks uh, is with the sevens now. So, you know, players like that weren't actually playing either. Bit of a balancing act from the Lions that paid off. Tell me, Nicholas, what do you think about altitude for our South African teams when they go play uh, we you know we always talk about the international teams when they come and play at Ellis Park and Loftus. You know, the altitude's gonna, yeah, you know, they're gonna struggle. But do does it? Do we have the same thing with our South African teams from the coast coming up here? So you're saying do do the Sharks and Province struggle with altitude up here? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, the theory is transferable. Surely, it's the same same concept that we think holds weight. do yeah, I reckon Northern they play teams. often enough. They play often enough at altitude that they know what's, what's what's potting. It's only the you know the Irish that come over here that have never done so and really struggle. Yeah, I think that's that's probably true. And I don't know. What are your thoughts on it, Ronnie? Yeah, I was just thinking about it right now. I thought I'd just slip it in there. Uh, I don't think I can blame it on the VIP. I don't think I can blame the VPA loss on altitude. It was just a very dominant performance by the Lions. It's good to see, right, at this stage of the tournament. Yeah, they desperately need it. I know some of our, our mates will be very happy that the Lions finally got something on the board. That's that's pretty much what you expect from the Curry Cup other than the the Griquas Cheetahs win. Sharks obviously having a bye for the weekend. I actually got a little bit confused, like I said, with the URC and which teams playing when. And then I was like, but hang on, why are all these teams playing twice? And hang on, then I just saw that we were playing replays on the television. And then I got really confused with what tournament I was looking at. But then I finally just made sense of it all, realized that the Sharks were all sitting at home on the couch, chilling and preparing for next weekend. You must really do that uh, rugby colouring in book we got you, Yet It will explain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I to insult you so much right now, but we'll keep it, we'll it clear. <laughs> Just got to push you far enough and then it'll come out, eh? But then we obviously, we had a lacquer braille on Saturday and we got to watch the the European Champions Cup. Uh, let's start with the headliner event there. That was the La Rochelle versus Leinster game that took place in Marseille. What a game, hey, what an incredible fixture. I was a little bit disappointed because obviously I've been quite a big fan of the URC in recent months. I'm going to say weeks, but it's actually been months. You know, I've been a fan of the URC. I've been a fan of Leinster, topping the URC, doing incredibly well. And I was obviously backing them. I think you were backing them as well. And our buddy Shane was also doing so. And then, you know, La Rochelle just, you know, they just showed some South African fire, if if I could put it that way. (laughs) Yeah, three three South Africans in that uh, La Rochelle side, hey? So La Rochelle winning that fixture 24-21, kick right at the death from Iheia West. Actually, a, a New Zealand West. Yeah, my, So the Southern Hemisphere my, winning that actually <laughs> Dylan Leyes exactly. Raymond Rule and the higher West. <laughs> no, but, exactly, and and it was impressive trials from Raymond Rule and and Lades. and like I said, a higher West really controlled the you know the flow of the game. Marshall did attend there incredibly well. You know, in Southern Hemisphere players are co- top quality players, and I know one of our one of your moronic writers for the Rugby Pants had put out a post about the South. Uh, needing to stand up and, and, you and be quality. The writer? <laughs> I, it was, were you the moronic writer? Okay, so, <laughs> so needing to stand up and show that they are the best rugby players. But, you know, you, you watch, you know, in these big games around the world, it's always a, there's always a couple of players from the South, you know. And always involved in the big moments. Lenster putting on a big performance. They were ahead. They unfortunately just failed to protect that lead and build on it, which allowed La Rochelle back into the game. There was some really great attacking rugby Personally, I love watching Tad Furlong play. Absolute machine up front. He's an animal, eh? Incredible, incredible player. But yeah, La Rochelle, last year's runners up. They lost to Toulouse last year. And this year, pipping it, taking it. Did you see the celebrations going on there? It is unreal. It looked like the Springbok parade after the 2019 World Cup. Really? It's unreal, Ronnie. I'll have to share the photos with you. It is unbelievable. Very, very happy with that win. All no, honesty, efforts. I cannot wait to be involved in that competition next year. The Bulls, Sharks, and Stormers all taking part. Yeah, that's sort of been. I, I said to my dad. I think I said it yesterday. I haven't been this excited about rugby in years. Like you know, I've always enjoyed the sport, but finally. I- I feel like we're in a competition that's actually going to yield something other than, you know, your run-of-the-mill same fixtures week in, week out. So it's not just a case of us playing in the US, It's now a case of us playing in Champions and, and Challenge Cups and playing against teams from England, from France. You know, this is this is going to be exciting. Definitely looking forward to it. And then if you look over to the Challenge Cup, which is sort of the, the second tier of the competition, Toulon losing to Lyon in that game. That's a mouthful. Uh, Leon winning that fixture 30 <laughs> 12. I, I consider that one an upset, really. I was convinced Toulon would take it. I backed him on Superbrew. and I was just like, that's oh, a no brainer, really. That was a real absolute dominant performance by Leon. Yeah, I was also convinced Toulon would take it. I mean, Ezabeth is in good form at the moment, Cheslin Colby starting out on the wing. And I actually think Toulon have the two best wings <laughs> in the world at the moment with Villiers and, and Colby, both little powerhouses, incredible talents. But yeah, it's a long coming short, A hey, pipping them comprehensively there and quite a bit of controversy surrounding Iban at the moment with his rack clean out and why he wasn't sanctioned for that. To me I do not actually quite understand what it is that they've that what that they're talking about there. I don't think it was as severe as people are suggesting on social media I, I I don't see any any big issue about it and clearly neither do the citing commissioners otherwise there would have been further action from it so then again you so can't no. trust the citing commissioners though they've given us some ridiculous bans <laughs> in, in history that's also true hey poor buckies <laughs> justice as full just as full but yeah so those are some really cool competitions and exciting that we're going to feature in them Ronald very very exciting. Going to exciting be that I could take on the watch. Yeah, exciting that I could take on the English and say that we're better than the English. There we go. Sharks versus my only, con- my only concern is this is sort of a new concept to us. Although this year we've had the curry cup play in parallel with the URC and we've had to split squads and stuff like that. It is sort of a new concept for South African teams to be playing in multiple competitions. I think the Oaks are going to struggle. They're either going to they're either going to fill their champions cup or challenge cup teams with you know, the best players and put a second string in the URC or the other way around, depending on what they consider to be the priority at that point. Problem is, it's, new, it's a new concept to us South Africans. We're going to struggle for sure. I think. Yeah, and I think you can't take how well Leinster did for granted. That was some proper balancing acts for them to be leading both the URC and the Champions Cup. Mm very very good management of the team to have achieved that i don't think that was easy at all nick i have to say i think they found themselves in the perfect position a little bit of luck and all of a sudden they were out ahead and they could afford to push certain players into certain competitions so it was a bit of a uh, i think a little bit of luck but you know obviously there was some skill with respect to the management but i think a large amount of it can be attributed to a bit of luck no for sure i agree with you on that but i think also the, the Northern Hemisphere teams had the benefits of starting the URC out with full squads. And then the, the South Africans franchises sort of did catch up in the second half of the season. So if South Africans want to compete oh, well in the URC now and have momentum for the Champions Cup next year, we're going to need to start strong in the new season. We can't afford consecutive losses overseas like we did in, in this year or this season. No, absolutely. And then, Ronnie, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, two sides. Did you manage to watch the last episode last night? I did. It was far better than streaming it online on uh, TSTV. But I managed to watch it on a decoder yesterday. And uh, aside from the ad breaks, it was uh, it was a really awesome hour for me. It's a great show. Like, I, I want to yeah. take back what I took, said a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't looking forward to it. Yeah, for me, after watching that, I'm pretty sure I could fuck them up physically too. <laughs> Some great motivation from Russian and Jacques. Then. even Irbert, hey? Yes, I How could tackle, tackle see- someone after being in that, in that. I, honestly i could i could t- i could run through a brick wall for for Eben and for Rasi, and, and those guys give me a pep talk you know the way that they did it in that in the two sides i would uh, i'd run through a brick wall but how many times did they use the f f word eh? i uh, yeah. warren gatlin used it he's so prim and proper and you know trying to get this articulated message russie <laughs> fuck them up physically <laughs> unbelievable but it's in it. Was, was I thought it was very well done. I thought it was uh, yeah, very well done. Episode one, episode two, and then you know, topping it off with yesterday's episode. You know, there's two sides. Sure, maybe it was It was geared a little bit more to the South African side, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's great. So I heard that there's some. Uh, there's a social media. Uh, there's a set of social media videos called the other side. Which was produced in parallel to the two sites. So I'm not really sure what that's about, but uh, I'm going to go and check that tonight when I uh, get into bed. Yeah, check that out and report it back to us next week. I think that's going to be interesting to see what that's all about. But yeah, definitely not as good as chasing the sun, but just as epic. You reckon? To see I those behind. This, I I think I, I I agree with you. Not as not as epic as chasing the so. sun. Very good though to see behind the scenes like that though. Just thinking about our, our Southern Hemisphere partners, you called me out for my article release today. Thanks, Ronald. Oh, so it was <laughs> you. Were you the moron that wrote that? You know, the Super Rugby guys, there were some very interesting results in Super Rugby this weekend. I don't know if you... I didn't get to watch many of the games, but some very interesting results. Yeah. New Zealand, what's going it, on? I don't know if you heard me <laughs> exhale there, but uh fff, New Zealand, you guys need to uh, check yourselves a little bit. Because you're right, it was actually... I got a lot of a lot of calls wrong on Superbrew because the t- the upsets happened that, that happened, you know? Yeah. So I actually called the Rebels to beat the Highlanders 31-30 in that game. That so was you considered that an upset. No, I, I thought that was that was the way to go. But it's funny <laughs> that Rebels and Western Force were the two worst teams in Super Rugby. They pipped the Highlanders. Western Force pipped the hurricanes 27-22. I'm really surprised by the Western Force taking taking the hurricanes. I mean, if you if you look on Superbury, that's that is an incredible underdog to back. So two percent of the people actually backed Western Force. Well done, Western Force. Well done, rebels. I mean, nobody can actually say that New Zealand are dominant in, in Australia nowhere because um well, it's not <laughs> the really results. And I mean, even New Zealand's front runner side, the Blues, only beating the Waratahs by three points, 2017, possibly the best thing for Super Rugby Pacifica, Moana Pacifica beating the Brumbies, 32-22. So, you know, that's... (laughs) So, considering Moana Pacifica is uh, actually in the New Zealand league, it's um, pretty much the only team that did exceptionally well for the New Zealand (laughs) team, so... Yeah, But as well, so so that's a 1%, uh, 99% of people back the Brumbies. And it just shows you that, you know, anybody can win on a given day if you play well enough. And and uh, honestly, the Mana game, if you go and watch the highlights, it's actually very, very exciting rugby. Um, I felt, you know, there was a 95-meter try from Mana Pacifica, which just shows that these guys are ready to to jam rugby um, and play some yeah. ball. So well done, Mana Pacifica. And you know what? Yeah. Okay, so we've just we've just spoken about the last four games that actually had the Rebels pipping the Islanders by one point, Western Force beating the Hurricanes by five points, uh, the Waratahs only losing by three points. We talk about Barna Pacifica beating the Brumbies by 10 points. But let's not forget, Fiji and Drua only lost by one point to the Chiefs. So that's yeah. another team. Unreal, that's another game. Pointer. Did you that's see a- the fans watching the Hey, They couldn't get into the stadium. They climbed the bloody coconut trees and two fans fell yeah. out of the tree. <laughs> It's that's dedication. commitment, eh? That shows how desperate they are for rugby in Fiji. So that's at least a good sign. But guys, be careful. Be careful. When you walk in the coconut tree, a rugby fan might fall under you. <laughs> yeah, never mind the coconuts. Well, okay. okay. So, but I mean, look, that's that's one point. So that's four games that say like, So one, two, three, four, five games that I felt were incredibly exciting and went and did not go, didn't go with the flow. Uh, I think I think the only game that was really predictable was the Crusaders versus the Reds. I mean, well done Crusaders, you guys uh, beat beat the Reds. It was very predictable. It ended with you know what everyone thought would happen. But then right after that, Fijian Chiefs, uh, Fijian drew versus Chiefs. Well, the versus Brumbies, Waratahs versus Blues. Yeah, uh, Western Force versus Hurricanes and Rebels versus Highlanders. It just went. It was it was incredible. So <laughs> yeah, if you if you're a neutral, that was actually very good rugby to watch down there. From that. Yeah, I think New Zealand's going to be stressing for the incoming Irish tour Hey, so you you reckon Ireland can take it? I think it's a hell of an ask but I think they're going to do far better than people expect. I answered that like a true politician <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a somewhat roundabout here in their way like Ronnie, I think that's about enough about Super Rugby though. They don't miss us. Why should we miss them or do they miss us? <laughs> but yeah I, you some, I agree there The URC quarterfinals coming up this weekend. I'm very excited for that. That's going to be a lacquer round of games, four fixtures, eight teams. Then they move on to the semifinals. I think Shane said, you know, it's quite difficult for a first-place team to face eighth and for that eighth team to to have good prospects of of a win. But, you know, it just takes one game and, and a team can topple them and find themselves in the semifinals. We literally just talk, spoke about Super Rugby Pacifica. We talk about some of those upsets that happened there. So all we need is a couple of those. And this thing will be flipped on its head. Uh, but we really sort of kick off with an all-Irish affair. I wonder if uh, Munster's going to have Damien D'Alende back. Either way, very big clash there in Ireland. It's not the only home home fixture of the weekend. Uh, you know, where two two's home sides are clashing. But what's your pick for that, Ronnie? Is Munster or Ulster going to take it? No, I think Ulster has the this one in the back. You think Ulster has it? Uh, so. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. Why do I actually think that? But I think uh, Ulster is just going to be quite comfortable with this one. What's your pick? Ulster by what? I'm actually going to do it right now as we speak. So I'm going to say Ulster by seven. Ulster by seven. I'm going yeah. for Munster by three. Uh, then That's we going go to be onto, wrong. Then we go on to the All South African affair happening here at Loftus. I will be at that game. Our buddy Ian's coming up from. Could be down from Angola, could be up from uh, Rhodes, Ireland. could be, you know, he could be anywhere. So he's a massive uh, Sharks fan, actually. He traveled to Ulster to watch the boys play. Now he's traveling to Pretoria to watch them play again. And he's promised he's actually- to show me his Sharks jersey this weekend. <laughs> he's, he's originally a PFS supporter, but he's just one of those, you know, that saw the light and just kind of changed his uh, his mind and became a Sharks fan. But yeah, enough about that guy. Let's talk so about let's, this all South African affair. I'm a little bit disappointed, right? As a South African, that you know, we're going to be taking each other out. Um, so let, in the let's quarter hear how stages. much of a traitor you are. Um, so history would suggest that it's in fa- favor of the Sharks, right? So it's five wins apiece in the last 10 games. Uh, The most recent game in February going the way of the Sharks and the game before that in 2021 in December also went the way of the Sharks. So uh, it's a good run for the Sharks. And I kind of feel that the Sharks might be the Bulls gamey team here. So I want to say the Sharks because my heart says it. I think the trend says it. The performance in recent weeks, I might, I'm I'm inclined to still remain with Sharks, but you know what? I'm going to back the Bulls for this one. Of course you are. I didn't expect anything less. So bulls by what? Bulls by four. Bulls by four. Hey, Ronnie, uh, you're a traitor and I actually picked sharks by four. So we're on opposite ends of that one. And is that a pick because we're trying to see that we get some points if it swings the other way by not much? I don't know. <laughs> it's sort of a consolation. It's a consolation, right? So if, if the Sharks win, then I celebrate. And if the bulls win, well, then at least I get points on Superbrew. Yeah, but you see, I'm going to be the one celebrating twice because I'm going to win Superbrew and my team's going to win. And okay. then, as we said, you know, first verse eighth, Leinster hosting Glasgow Warriors. What are you expecting for that one? Uh, I think the Glasgow is going to take this comfortably. Proof that Ronnie is a moron. <laughs> okay, so Leinster should take this one, right? So, um, you know, history would suggest recent performers will suggest Leinster's be knocked out of the Champions Cup. Question is, are they going to rest some of those players? Are they going to put th- these players in here to to get right back at it again? I think that they need to, they need to be careful, though. If they, if they don't consider this an important must win game and need to put in a big, strong team, uh, Glasgow could actually just. Cause an upset here, but you know what? I think uh, for all intents and purposes, this is quite going to be Leinster's quite comfortably. Leinster by what? Leinster by ten. Leinster by ten. I have Leinster by fifteen, so that's also also an interesting one. I think Leinster's going to run away with that. And then last fixture of the weekend, Stormers hosting Edinburgh down in Cape Town okay so the south african in me is obviously going to say that stormers are going to win this because we want as many south african teams to go through um and you know just stormers haven't lost a game in a very long time in the urc so their recent performance is very good curry cup not so good but we've spoken about that already uh dhl stormers are going to take this one by uh oof, what do we think nick i want to think 14 i've got 11 so, we're not far off on our scores, except the fact that you never back your team. I'm starting to question whether or not you really are a Shark supporter. But yeah, well, almost failed my second year at university because I went and watched my team play some ridiculous uh, uh, friendly game. Remember that game? Barney's, Barney's Army. Yeah. Yeah. John Smith's fired, last game for the Sharks. So, when they fired that hellishly big cannon in that stadium, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was an experience. And then, yeah, so Jacques Ninova actually coming out yesterday saying, or revising what he previously said, the Springbok squad won't be announced until all the South African teams are done with their duties in the URC. You know, it was previously supposed to be named this weekend. I think probably a good move. And like he says, you know, he wants the players to focus on their duties there. This is the closest they're going to get to test match experience before Wales arrives and let them let them remain focused there. I just have a question. Did you hear somewhere that he was going to do it this weekend or were you just, he said you it. just convinced he said, yourself? He said it before the end of May after the fixtures, the last round of regular fixtures. And yeah, then he revised it now to say, no, it's going to be after the last team's done with their duties in the URC. Okay, good, because I was going to discredit you as a uh, rugby pundit for making up lies there. Thanks, Rama. Well, unfortunately, you didn't get to prove that one. No, look, so let's, let's let's just unpack that a bit. I think he's done a good job here. It's it's important for our teams, our three teams now, to continue focusing on what's the task at hand. It's it's really the first year now that we have a big bash at, at the URC, at the title of the URC. We've got three teams in it, although two of them are playing one another. The Oaks need to remain focused. So it's a big ask for at least two of our teams hopefully progressing uh, into the semis. At least one of them will, but... You know the Oaks need to remain focused, and they all still need to play like they all stand a chance of making Springboks. So I think it's a good move, logistically speaking, as the Springbok coach to do that. Yeah, well, it sounds to me like you're hyped up for a rave, Ronnie. So, are you raving or oh, ranting yes. today? I'm gonna do a bit of a rant actually. I'm a little bit upset these days. <laughs> uh, I spoke about it. You make it sound like that's out of the ordinary. We've gotten used to this by now. No right. So I. So last week we, we I, I had a little bit of a, a situation, um, and I decided to speak about something else. And now this week I am going to talk about the fact that it's been put out there in the social media, out there in the world, that uh, the social, social media can, don't give away how old you are on the TikTok. Yes. It's been put out there on the line that uh, South Africa won't be... Listen, I've got something to say here. That uh, South Africa won't actually be hosting the Rugby World Cup anytime soon. So it just seems like the South Africans, whether it's men's or women's, people just don't just ignore us. We are the world champions. We're three times world champions. We've got the facilities. We did the 2010 World Cup football or soccer. And I think we did a sterling job of that. Although uh, we did blow a lot of eardrums with... with, without women sailors but it's just no more than the french did in 2007 yeah but that was very exciting so you know regardless so so you know we've got the 2025 women's going to england the australia then to host 2027 and 2029s men's and women's respectively Then we put the USA. So it's 2031, 2033. And if, you know, history says that, you know, it's always one of the central time zones, then it goes out east, then it comes back into the central time zones, goes out east again. And now what they've done is they've gone east to Australia. and Now they've gone all the way west to the USA. That would suggest that the next World Cups after that are probably going to the central time zones again. And that's probably going to be France again or something ridiculous like that. And it's just incredibly disappointing to see that South Africa keeps getting overlooked. Is it because our rand is worthless? Well, it's also because the, the African Rugby Union voted against us, which is ridiculous if you consider that their offices are paid by Saru and in Saru's offices in Cape Town and they still voted I- against us. I, I think to me it's really a no-brainer to to bring people from Australia and England and New Zealand and the USA and anywhere in Europe and Asia to come to South Africa and blow money on on the what would be incredibly cheap for them, cheap alcoholic beverages, cheap food so and a, a branding It's like thirty Rand, it's like one one and a half euros. Yeah it's, it's going to be unbelievable change. for them yeah you know, they're gonna they're gonna have the best time here so uh, it's just very disappointing to see and i, I figured i will just put that out there and i really hope that some of the people that might listen to this will go and put a comment on world rugby's facebook page yeah and if anyone's doubting that dita really is in the kruger we can hear the nature going on around you so that's what Any, that is yes but no, no, <laughs> very jealous of you being out there but I think the nature's relaxed you that wasn't such a bad rant you could have gone much much worse there I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) not I'm not ranting I'm just disappointed me too and then Ronald you know two weeks in a row now you've guessed Saturday correct you've had very very good help from both Carla and Shane now I'm keen to see are you going to be able to pull this off again without any assistance I don't know. I'm a little bit overconfident. I'm a I, little bit overconfident. You could say I'm arrogant at the moment. So because I'm arrogant, I'm not confident right now. Well, Ronnie, <laughs> we have another name the player for you. As always, clues will be posted out on the page throughout the week with the answer coming out on Saturday. And last week was Francois Hogarth. Yeah, that was a bit of a tricky one, but uh, I, 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 I seem to be giving seeing through your clues at the moment, seeing your trick questions. Well, let's see if I can throw you off a little bit today. So, name the player, Ronnie. This player's test debut was in 2004. He's the most capped player of all time for his country. He began his career in New Zealand. He's the first player from his country to have ever played Super Rugby. He played in the NPC, the Top League, Prem, Super Rugby, and Sevens. He retired in 2016, Ronald. Okay. What are your two questions? Two questions. I don't get three questions. No, you get two. I'm tired of giving you three. Okay. So how did his career start? You mentioned that he his career started in New Zealand. I feel like that's a bit of a trick question. I want you to unpack that for me, please. Okay. So his first professional game came for North Harbour in the National Provincial Championship, playing for North Harbour before he, he turned out in Super Rugby in a different country. I've thrown Ronald off here. Okay, What's okay. your second right, question? So my next question is, uh, let's just talk about whether he was a forward or a back. He was a forward. He was a forward. Was no, a forward. Just, can, I, can I slip in a third question? No, I'm not going to do it. I'll, I'll, I'll be you can. I'll, I'll give you one more since you have no, no one this to. week. Okay. No, no, no. I'll, I'll stick with that. Um, it's, this is a very difficult one. And like I said, uh, I, was, I was arrogant and overconfident and that made me uh, not so confident for today. This is going to be a difficult one and I'm probably going to go for someone ridiculous like I actually don't know who to go for. So you said he was a forward. Mm, I want to go for Sergio Parise. Sergio Parise. Well, Ronnie, like everyone else, you're going to have to wait for Saturday to get that answer. Uh, This definitely was a tough one, but this one also plays nicely to our audience, actually. So It can't be Sergio Parise since he retired in 2019. not retired. Well, Parisa's is still playing for Toulon. Technically, at the moment, captaining them on so, the weekend. So, what you're saying is I'm already wrong. I don't know, Ronnie. Uh, but, yeah, guys, thanks for joining us this week. We hope you had a lucky one. And, yeah, let's get stuck into the URC this weekend. Hopefully, some South African wins there. At least one South African team is definitely going through. So, that's a good thing. <laughs>